Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to our online service. Last week we talked about uh, one of the reasons why, or the reason why we strive in relationship. That is because there are inner needs, inner desire that has not been fulfilled. And we look to people, we expect them to meet our needs, they disappoint us. And uh, uh, so we, or, or people who stand in our way, according to our perception, that causes us not to uh, get our needs met. So, uh, and, and, and that resulted in conflicts in relationship. And the other thing is we ask God to meet our needs and we felt that God has not answered our prayer so we decided to use our own ways to meet those needs. And, and these are the reasons that uh, strife uh, take place. The fact is, God wants us for Himself. And there are reasons why He did not answer our prayer, even though the needs are legitimate and maybe uh, 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 good needs that will, that will bring blessing to us. But it's just not time because our lives are not ready to receive what God has for us. God wants us for Himself, so He uh, may delay that process until we are ready. These are common problems that, that happen all the time in the life of the believers. But unfortunately, we just uh, trivialize it. We thought this, these are just small matter. And uh, it causes the nation of Israel their promised land. And if we don't look seriously into this problem and deal with it and recognize that the root cause is our relationship with God, it has to do with God, not, not with other people. We are not to blame other people, and, and, but begins to deal with our own life. It will cost us our destiny, uh, the plan and purpose that God has uh, for us in our life. So this kind of striving, when we look to other sources to meet our needs, that means we are looking to idols, creating idols in our life to meet our needs. And uh, the other thing is we look to the world, using the worldly ways to meet our needs. Pride comes, boasting of self, our performance, in order to, to, to gain position, in order to gain acceptance. So there will always be temptation that we will face when we are in this world to tempt us to follow the ways of the world to get our needs met. It's a choice that we have to make all the time when we are facing uh, different situations that we have to look to God rather than to go by the ways of the world. And I want you to look at uh, James 4, 
verse 4. James 4, verse 4 and 5. He said, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? So can you see, when we do this, we become enemy of God. We befriend the world, we become enemy of God. Why does the scripture use this term, enemies of God? And, and, and we got to take this seriously because a lot of, as I say, this is a common struggle that we have among Christians. And, and sometimes we even use ministry to meet our needs, not according to God's way, but uh, according to our ways, but using ministry. And the Bible tells us that we, when we befriend the world, using worldly ways, worldly method to, to meet our needs, even though we use uh, ministry to, to do it. It is enemy, enmity against God. We become enemies of God because that's the time where there's pride, you know, where there's self, the enemies will come in, Satan will come in to want to steal our future, steal our destiny and... and, and rob us of it. And the solution is found in the next verse, in the James 4, verse 6. He says, but He gives us more grace. That's why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil, and He will flee from you. So God has made His grace available for us with the condition that when we humble ourselves, because the enemy is working, the enemy wants to rob us of our future, of our destiny, but we are tempted to follow His way, we are tempted to follow the ways of the world because we can see that to a certain extent it works and we see people using worldly way, they gain acceptance, they gain admiration, and, and so on. And so, it does work in a worldly sense, but not in God's kingdom. Because when we elevate self, we oppose God, and Satan comes, comes in. So we need to humble ourselves before God, and God will give us grace. He will give us more grace, the scriptures say. He gives us more grace. In other words, more than sufficient to overcome the struggle, the temptation that the, the, the enemies place before us when we are willing to humble ourselves before God. Look at verse uh, 11, that tells us that when we elevate self, when we are opposing God, in verse 11 of James 4, he said, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judge them 
speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? So, when self is involved, self-righteousness are there. We think we are better than others. We begin to compare ourselves with others and make ourselves look better than others. We begin to judge others, begin to, uh, to, to maybe even slander our brothers. So can you see, when we depend on ourselves to meet those inner needs, this is some of the manifestation, uh, the characteristic of the person. But when we humble ourselves, submit to God, that means we stop striving. We stop depending on self to a certain, uh, uh, to, to meet our needs. We trust in God. Then the peace of God will come in. We stop striving. And then when we resist the devil, the devil will flee from us. And then the scriptures say God longs for us. God longs to have us as his treasured possession and to fill us with his spirit. And uh, James 4 verse 8 tells us that God is inviting us to come to him, to draw near to him so that the inner needs can be met by him. We needn't go by the worldly ways. We needn't go by our own fleshly way. But we are to humble ourselves, to submit ourselves by drawing near to, to Him. Verse 8, Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grief, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter, mourning, uh, uh, laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. So, God is inviting us to come near to Him and He will come near to us. It is not a sort of... Uh, ways, uh, forms that we do. You know, we come near, we pray, but there is actually an encounter with God. You come near to Him, He comes near to you. There's an encounter with God. There's an exchange of life taking place. You know, here, as we come near, as we humble ourselves, God begins to speak to us. God begins to reveal our sin to us so that we can be cleansed so that we can be ready to receive the grace that He has available for us. So there is a process when we come near to God and God comes near to us because it says, wash your hands, purify your hearts, you double-minded. Okay, so when we come near to God, we begin to see ourselves, our sinfulness, rather than boasting, rather than pride, elevating ourselves, the self-righteousness we think we are better. 
But when we draw near to God and God draw near to us, we sense His holy presence. And that's why the prophet Isaiah, when he was in the presence of God, he begins to cry, Woe is me. Woe is me. I'm, I have unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people who are unclean. So that's what happens to us. That's why the word say, when you come near, we will turn away from our sin. We will wash our hands clean. You sinners, we, we who have been sinning. Now we begin to see what, what it really is to miss us the grace of God, which is sin. Okay? All men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when we miss the, the grace of God, we miss the glory of God, that, that is being sinful. And then we will purify our hearts. So these are the process of emptying ourselves, getting ourselves ready to receive the grace of God. We turn from our sin, we purify our hearts. Because before that, we know what God says and we want, God, uh, want the worldly ways. We're double-minded, we're struggling. But now the struggle ceases. We fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, we trust Him uh, to, to meet our needs. And, and, and that's how we purify our hearts. So it's a change that is so deep inside our spirit that it begins to manifest in the way we behave. Instead of just thinking everything is fine, now we, we, we mourn. We weep before God because we realize how sinful uh, we are before the Lord. So there comes a surrendering, emptying of ourselves, surrendering of ourselves before God. And here comes God in His Holy Spirit, in His presence, begins to fill us with His grace, with His righteousness, with His, with his uh, uh, glory uh, as we draw near to Him. And we stop trusting in our own righteousness, trusting in our ways. We, we, we just trust the Lord to work it out in our life, to turn us around, to be who He wants us to be, uh, so that we can walk in His way and glorify His name. So there's an encounter when we draw near to God. There's an encounter with God. That's what we need in this day and age. We have a lot of knowledge, but very little encounter in the presence of God. And God is saying, come near, so that you will stop striving, so that you will stop depending on yourself to, to meet those needs only God himself can meet, to give us a sense of worth, significance, security, and competence, love, and acceptance. All these are met because of the presence of God. When we begin to repent, when we begin to yield, when God's presence comes in, the needs are being satisfied. So people who strive using their own strength are people who do not know how to rest in God. They are people who do not know how to enter into the presence of God. 
They may sing songs, they may worship, they may pray, but it's just, it's just going through the religious uh, motion without an encounter with God. God is looking for people who will empty of themselves, who will humble themselves, who will come in repentance so that they will encounter Him and receive His grace. And we, that's how we enter into His rest. Hebrews 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. It takes faith. It takes trust in God. It takes a surrendering of our hearts so that we will not fall short. We will not fall short of the grace of God. We will be able to enter into His rest, knowing that God will work it out for us rather than us trying to grab strength desperately, you know, running here and there to get our needs met. I do know people who does that. You know, they, they can really, seems to be doing a lot, you know, but it's a lot of striving, trying to meet those inner needs rather than uh, coming to God. Verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from His we rest from our own struggling. That's resting from our works. But we just yield to Him. We still work, but in obedience to Him. Do what He wants. That's how we enter into that rest. Verse 6, Therefore, since it still remains of some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them, did not go in because of their disobedience. God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David. As in the passage already quoted today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So, during the encounter, when we draw near to God, God will speak to us. And we have to respond. We have to respond in faith so that we will be able to obey. A lot of times we, we know that we need to rest from our own work. We already heard the word of God, but we are just impatient because we didn't see immediate results. We just want to get up and, and do it our ways. But God is saying, you have to trust me. You have to obey, you know, that I will work it out for you if you look to me. Hebrews 4, verse 2 and 3. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obey. Now we 
who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declare on off in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. So God uh, wants us to just trust him, trust what he tells us to do, and just wait on him. Do not be in a hurry when God has not acted. But just be patient. Allow the Spirit of God to work, to cleanse us, to get things right, for His presence to come in in a fuller way so that we will indeed our needs be met by, by Him. So when that happens, we will no longer compare ourselves with others. That is pride. That is trying to elevate ourselves. And uh, we will not... Uh, uh, you see, it's just like, like in the book of uh, Luke 18. It talks about two men went into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. And he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like all the other people. I'm not like the sinners that's over there. You see, the comparison, trying to elevate himself. This is striving in the presence of God. You know, we can come before God and begin to tell God, oh, we have done this, we, we are so good. No. We come before him. Yes, we acknowledge that God has been using us to do some of this thing and working with us through this thing. We can rejoice. But when we begin to, to elevate ourselves and compare ourselves with others, making ourselves feel better, we're trusting in our self-righteousness. We're not resting in Him. And uh, the, that Pharisee begins to boast about how he tithes, how he, well, he obeys God but it's self at the center. You see, he's not like those. He's so good. But where else there is this sinner who came before God? He, he dare not even lift up his head. He just acknowledged that he's sinful and asked for God's grace and God's mercy. This sinner is trusting, is resting in God, trusting in the righteousness of God and coming before God and acknowledge and allow God to come into his life, to lift him up, to work in his life as he empty of himself and allow God's grace to come in. So when we do that, Jesus said, those kind of prayer are answered by God, are accepted by God. So can you imagine the grace of God will enter in to that sinner and begins to to lift him up, strengthen him so that he can resist the devil, so that he can walk in freedom. So, uh, this evening we are talking about entering into the rest of God so that there will, the inner strife will stop. Inner strife will, 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 will cease and uh, not creating problem, comparing ourselves with others, striving with others, proving ourselves in our own righteousness. But there is a coming before God. 
acknowledging our weakness, humbling ourselves before God, emptying of ourselves. It's all about our relationship with God. When our relationship with God is correct, we trust Him, we obey Him, then there is a rest from our own work. Yes, we have to do things, but in obedience to His voice, to His word, not trying through our own means. And so when we do that, we enter into the rest of God. Strife will be out. The work of Satan will be driven out from our life. And here we are. We have the peace of God. We are able to enter into the rest of God. Our relationship with people will be restored because we are not looking to them to meet our needs. We are looking to God. Our relationship with people will be restored. We will not cause that kind of strife and division in, in our midst, in our cell group, among, in our relationship with people. So I trust this will help us to really come before God and empty of ourselves, humble ourselves, so that we, by restoring our relationship with God, we're restoring our relationship with people as well. Shall we pray? Father, we come before you. We acknowledge there are times we struggle on the inside and we are impatient. We begin to look to idols. We begin to look to the ways of this world to meet our needs. And as a result, we open our hearts to the work of the evil one and created conflicts, created division in your church because we want to prove that we are better than others. Father, we pray that tonight your words will sanctify us. You will cause us to see the severity of this kind of sin. And uh, we begin to recognize that we are adulterous, we are enemies of God and uh, we are being used by the devil. And tonight we humble ourselves before you, acknowledge our sin. And we pray, O oh God, that you will cleanse us. And we thank you for your promise that when we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. We pray that even as we come to you in prayer, that we will encounter you. Lord, in our hearts, peace will come. Your presence will fill us. Lord, there will be the exchange of life. You know, a, a, a feeling of our life with your grace, with your richness, with your holy presence, so that we will enter into the rest, trusting in you, walking in obedience to to you and we thank you Lord that you will do all things well and uh, we pray that every striving relationship Lord will be brought to peace and rest and restoration and healing and joy will come again because of our repentance our emptying of ourselves through us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you. We bless you 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again.